Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Off the Notepad. Thank you all for listening to this very, very wonderful podcast. Today, we have a very special episode where we see our character, a prodigy violinist. That is all that I'll give you. If you like this episode, if you like this podcast, share it with your friends, family, really anyone who's willing to listen. And hey, thanks for listening to Off the Notepad. See you at the break. Hi. Hello. Howdy. Welcome to Off the Notepad. That's the podcast. I'm Haliki Campbell. I'm Victoria D'Angelo. And today we have an entirely normal, strictly regulated Off the Notepad episode. Yes. No funny business. Correct. It'd be completely average. Fully scripted to yes. be normal. You will you will leave this episode and you will think to yourself, wow, I feel neutral. I'm not going to leave today's episode that way. No, neither am I. And I'll be honest, I think I just lied to y'all. Drop a, is it, a sad pog in the chat if you think I'm lying. That's a lot of sad pogs. Okay, Gavin, turn off comments now. You got the key. <laughs> Thank you, Gavin. That was the dumbest bit. It's my favorite bit. I've got a protagonist if you want one. I'll take it. Okay. I'm thinking we can choose the age because we've had... This is another prodigy. I'm thinking a mm. prodigy violinist. Oh. Um, it's because I've been playing um, a lot of Uprising recently and that stops the prodigy violinist. I'm more just a regular violinist. That's just sad. Um, but I, I want to write a music kid. Not a band kid. That's for later. I want to write a music kid. That's my goal. A violin kid had private violin lessons. Oh, yeah. Okay. They can be, I kind of want them to be like, uh, I want to hit the awkward teenage years, maybe. Yeah. Do you want them to be younger? That works. Awkward teenage years, the 15, 16? Yeah. I'm thinking like youngest would be 14. 14. But I like, 16's perfect. 16. 16, don't have a car yet because they have to practice so much. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, our little prodigy violinist has been visiting, or is visiting, the grave of a late relative. And they accidentally knock over a gravestone. And one of two things happen. Either they uncover a booby trap riddled catacomb or they now have a ghost following them around wait we gotta do the ghost (laughs) wait i love you know my favorite thing in the entire world it's ghostbusters i love the ghostbusters movie that's all i think about okay um we gotta do ghost we have to I like the alternate reality where it's like violin prodigy kid gets stuck in catacombs somehow and has to like D and D bard their way out with music knowledge. With their violin. With their violin. And we could totally do that, but I don't know a lot about violins. It's true. I just think the climax I think the climax of that alternate universe is them smashing their violin in like a door or something to get out. Oh yeah, it's the final trial. I think they have to look at their dinged up violin and be like, listen, we've been through a lot. <laughs> but when it comes down to it, it's me or you. Gives it a kiss and smash. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
love that alternate universe. Good for the Hawika and Victoria of that timeline. We have a ghost. ghost. <laughs> we have a ghost. What kind of ghost? I feel like there's two extremes here. There's either violin master mm -hmm. or there's like jock who got so much money and loved to party and you know <laughs> had a cocaine overdose i kind of want like i want our violinist to be visiting like their grandfather's grave and their grandfather's the violin master mm. um i really want the jock ghost <laughs> party hard or um, die young yeah. so being knock over probably the grave next to her grandfather by mistake oh yeah it's really crumbly for some reason yep yeah oh no one visits the jock's grave huh that's probably why better yet i bet it's not even the jock's grave i bet the jock fell in drunk and was somehow buried alive Are we thinking a uh, high school age jock, college age jock, professional jock? Jock is definitely not the word to use for professional athletes, but you know. Sure, I'm thinking high school just to keep high it school. like. Sure. I've been where you're going. Like, I know, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. As a fellow 16 year old. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I want the jock to say exactly that. Mm -hmm. So we have a high school age jock, probably a senior. They're always seniors. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like Prodigy Violinist is so annoyed. Oh, immediately. I don't think she's like... I think jock sees her as like a real stick-up ass. Oh, yeah. But I think Violinist like does have a good balance in her life. Like I think it's... I love practicing violin. Violin will always be my priority. But I have friends. Mm. Like, I have people that I talk to. But Jock is like, your life is shit. <laughs> you never did a fucking keg stand? Like, violinist says, get back in the ground. <laughs> yeah, any day you want to leave now. Any day. And Jock is like, nah, he desecrated my grave. And I was like, it wasn't even your grave. It wasn't even your grave. I assume he's a... Uh... I feel like an easy way to say that, oh, he's following her around because is like no one else can see him. Yeah. 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 So she's the only one who can see him. Somehow, like, she formed an attachment by knocking over the gravestone that wasn't his. Yeah. <laughs> Desecrating the grave he's in. <laughs> I have a vision of, like, a climax for this story. Yeah. Where it's like she's so, somehow, Jock pisses her off so bad. That she, like, goes to the occult club to, like, figure it out. And Jock is like, we don't have to do this. And president of the occult club is like, oh, you want to get rid of a ghost? Easy. Burn the bones. Burn the body. Ooh. Because then I love this scene of, like, it's dumping. It's in the middle of a storm. Because it always is. And she's, like, digging up this, like, shallow-ass grave. Yeah. And she sees, like, the Jock's corpse. And the Jock is like, stop, please. <laughs> like, just don't do it. And I don't know where we go from there. But that's, like, a scene I want to hit. Mm. I feel like this story is giving me rom-com vibes. It is a little bit. It's because they kind of hate each other. I can see the jock trying to take the violinist to prom. Oh, probably trying to convince her to go. <laughs> but I have no one to go with and I have violin practice. I'll go with you. I bet she has a recital. 
Oh, yeah. Because I kind of want to do a reverse where it's like she doesn't go to prom, but the jock shows up to the recital. Oh. Like jock is sitting front row. Front row? He's sitting on the stage. He's Yeah, you're right. <laughs> He's on the stage. My bad. <laughs> I forgot. This man, no respect, no boundaries. He died in someone else's grave. <laughs> Dear Jock, I'm sorry. I forgot you were dumb. Because <laughs> I do see that scene where maybe she gets nervous. She freezes up. Because I bet her... It's the usual. Parents aren't in the picture. Has always been trying to improve a family portrait rather than her parents. Mm-hmm. It's I like... Impress. Yeah. It's like this really difficult song that her mentor has been having her practice for weeks. Yeah. And there's just this one part that she never got quite right. Yeah. I bet she was going to play it in her grandfather's grave. I bet that's what she was going to the mm, beginning. Yeah. Be like, what do you think of this, Grandpappy? She wouldn't call it that. That's dumb. That'd be an interesting opening scene. So she goes to the grave and she has her violin with her. And she's like, what do, what do you think of this, Grandpa? I wanted to play this for you. Mm-hmm. And then she messes up. She yeah. gets mad and kicks the gravestone next to the grave. Oh, yeah. Ghost. Yeah. Chuck's like, hey, yo, that sounded pretty good. <laughs> I thought it sounded good. Yeah. It's like, not half bad. I would boogie to that. Yeah. God. I think we have like a standard intro scene. She freaks out a little bit, but it's more like, this is inconvenient. I don't believe in ghosts. You need to leave. Chuck's like, no can do. You ruined it. I'm awake now. I'm awake now. There's probably a really short stint of, okay, I'll just go hang out with someone else. Someone else does not see them. Yeah. They're like, okay, I have to hang out with you now. Yeah. But you're a cool chick. Yeah. Like, I dig it. Violins. I played the flute once, and then I broke it. <laughs> I played the recorder in elementary school. Yeah, same thing. Same thing. Woodwind, right? Has wood. Standard, you know what else has wood. Go jock. Go jock. <laughs> Don't look at me like that, Kevin. <laughs> and then I think you have ghost hijinks. He won't stop bothering her. Eventually she gets real pissed. Yeah. Have you seen um Welcome to Hell on yeah. YouTube? Yeah. That's what I'm seeing. Yeah, same vibes. Same yeah. Just a montage of Hang out with me. Talk to me. Rather than die. God. Man, I remember watching Welcome to Hell for the first time. And I was like, oh, that's I'm the ghost kid. I'm so funny and quirky. And then I've gotten older and it's I was Jonathan all along. Okay, <laughs> 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 and then... So then he wants to take her to prom. She doesn't want to go to prom. So he comes to the recital. I think that happens, like, later. Because I think our final scene is the recital. Oh, yeah? Yeah. The last I one is see the him, I see him talking over her a lot. Where he's like, come to prom. Like, you only get one senior prom. And she's like, I'm not a senior. Yeah. <laughs> where he's like, he's trying to get her to finish the high school career he wanted. Yeah. Like, there's a little stint of, well, I never got to go to my senior prom. Yeah. 
And she's like, well, like, this recital is everything to me. Like, this is how I'm getting into Juilliard. What's the big music Juilliard. Yeah. I was confident when I said that. Gavin cut the part where I wasn't. (laughs) Thanks. He's really dumb. Um, Because I think it gets to a point where um, he's just like, this stupid violin shit isn't going to get you anywhere. And I think that's what sets her off. Mm -hmm. Be a fun place to have a conversation about the arts. Because people who are in the arts, like, we are fully aware the arts does not pay. No. We don't do it for the paycheck. No. We would like a paycheck. Everyone wants to be rich and famous and get the big bucks. That's true. You go into the arts knowing you probably won't get it. No. But it's, it's what you love to do. It's true. It's something about the passion that keeps you going. Yeah. Because it's not the money, man. No. No. Number of times I've heard Jesse say to my face, you're not going to make any money being a published author. Yep. Yeah. Constantly. Thanks, Jesse. You're such a great mentor. I love you. (laughs) My favorite thing to hear. Just get a job. A real job. (laughs) Just sell out. Just sell out. Every two seconds, just sell out. (laughs) Which is entirely correct, guys. If you have the opportunity to sell out, just do it. (laughs) In the year of our Lord and Savior, 2022. Trust me. Just do it. You could sell out to off the notepad. Yeah, actually, please do that. Mm. Give us your free labor. Yes, your free labor. Literally the opposite of selling out, but do it anyway. We could not pay you if you were like, man, you know what? I like not being paid. Yeah. We got you on that. We got so widely distracted. Oh, (laughs) very, very. So they don't understand each other. They don't understand each other. He tells her that her profession is stupid. She goes to the occult club. It's like, how do I get rid of a ghost? Mm. And we have the scene of her digging up the grave. I want the reason she went to the occult club to be because the jock goes, um, I lived a happier life than you will, and I died at 18. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to fix your life before you ruin it before you throw it away mm-hmm. and there's a there's a sick irony in that yep yep because then i love the idea of her like fighting back too like you're the one who wasted your life you're the one with regrets yeah because then i want them to be apart long enough for her to like talk to the occult club person mm. Totally normal episode. Yep. Very usual. Very standard. Very, very normal. This is what always happens. Yeah, pretty much. Nope. No. Oh my god, no. You're gonna love editing this one. Like, what just, like, happened? (laughs) Nothing. Are you sure? Yep. Yeah. Nothing questionable. Nope. Everything totally normal and standard. Yeah. As scripted. Yep. (laughs) This is such a bizarre moment. So we dig up the bones. Yeah, I think they're arguing again. 
Yeah. It's Thunder, sopping rain. wet so she can't set a fire. Yeah. <laughs> but she like, keeps clicking the lighter. But she doesn't know how to use a lighter either. I kind of want it to be matches. I want it to be matches? Oh, Because I yeah. want her to go through every single match and fail every time. I wanted to be yelling at her, and then I wanted to go through the last one, and then just, like... And it strikes. It strikes. But then, like, I want her to fall to her knees. Like, I want it to go out. Mm. And I just want, like, this moment where she just looks at me and she goes, I didn't need another person to tell me that my dream wasn't worth chasing. Uh. <laughs> like. <laughs> that wasn't happy. <laughs> it sounded like I just stabbed you <laughs> in the studio. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. It's our false love. <laughs> I bet Jock has heard it before, right? Oh, yeah. We've had this conversation in Dave's class where it's actually really fascinating the parental disapproval of sports and arts being very similar. Yeah. Like, you can't same. make a life out of this. Yeah. Or you're just messing around. Yeah. Just a hobby. Get a real job. Yeah. But a real job always looks like something close to the other. <laughs> like, why be a football player when you can definitely get a job, like writing for a firm like being a copywriter or being mm -hmm. a secretary mm -hmm. have you ever considered that not all of us want to be copywriters yeah i feel like this is where that conversation happens where jock floats down onto his knees and goes yeah <laughs> yeah he apologizes takes accountability mm. I think in this one, like the party boy facade has to drop. Mm -hmm. I think for a moment he realizes that he doesn't live up to his own hype. Yeah. I want this to be like night before the recital. Yeah. And night before prom. Yep. Yep. And I imagine like he does this big apology and she gets up and throws the bones at him, but they just pass through him. Yeah. Yeah. And then she stomps home. And then they don't see each other again until the recital. Yeah, I like that. That's really cute. I like ending on the recital. That's really adorable. That is. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are ways you could... I think that's a short story. I gotta agree. There's a short one. Mm -hmm. You could draw it out longer and make it into a movie. I think... Uh, yeah. If you were to make it a full, like, movie rom-com, I would honestly have the president of the occult club be a B-plot love interest, just because they would be tangible. Yeah. I'm also thinking, very unfortunately for all of us involved, a hot emo boy. Mm -hmm. Problematic. Mm -hmm. um, but just, like, building it up more as, like, she's always had a, a fondness for him. Yeah. And never had a reason to talk to him. Yeah. Maybe oh, that shows up to the recital too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I also I like this relationship between these two. I like how it works, and I like ending with just him clapping for her. That'd oh yeah. Good. Yeah, that's really cute. I hope you left that story feeling neutral. 
Yes, no excitable feelings, no feelings of sadness, no feelings of sorrow. We will see you neutrally after the break. Yeah, start neutrally, end neutrally. Woo! But like neutrally. Woo. And welcome back to the break. Uh, or th- this is the first break, but hey, hello. Thank you for listening this far into Off the Notepad. I, I hope you all enjoyed that first segment. Up next, we have a horribly disappointing child of a very successful person. And um, this one is a bit odd, I, I have to say. It uh, goes into uh, this virus that is able to control human like nature almost or desires, impulses. It's very interesting. I hope you all enjoy this next segment. And... Yeah, I'll see you all in the next episode. Bye. Yo, what's up? Can we never let me intro again, actually? (laughs) (laughs) No, I love your intros. Welcome back from the break. I miss you guys. Neutrally. Oh, yeah, sorry. I forgot. We're still doing that. That was really not neutral of me. Let me retry that. Hello. Thank you for joining us. That sounded like one of those automated phone calls. (laughs) I've been practicing. Um, I won't tell you for what. <laughs> I can't tell you for why. Um, but thank you. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> what's your, uh, what's your protagonist? It's your monster of the week. Oh, that's right. Okay. So, we're going to do, we're going to do the opposite of what we just did. Yeah? We're going to do the horribly disappointing child of a very successful parent or political leader, chief, king, president, etc. Oh, okay. This actually, this works decently well with what I've got. I had to alter this one a little bit. Mm. Um, Horribly disappointing child. Uh, the protagonist either creates or obtains, I'm thinking obtains in this case, a virus that can control human desires, impulses, and choices. Ooh. Yeah. So the virus controls or he- the child controls? We can alter that. Um, that was like the prompt. The prompt was like, it's a mad scientist protagonist who does this. And I was like, no, it's not. That's not fun. They do that all the time. It's not interesting. Um, Let me start off by like what's already working, right? What's already working is we have a high end. um, We have a high end political figure. Yes. Can I be honest with you? Yes. Can I (laughs) always share a moment of truth with you? Please do. You know how last episode I was like, damn. We don't have the FBI. <laughs> I think we could feasibly have the FBI. Yeah. Um, like some big shot at the FBI? I'm thinking head of the FBI. Oh, God. Because, like, real big shot. To make it, like, worse. Because, yeah. you know, that's the kind of thing you, like, you tell people when you're in, like, My fifth, dad's sixth the head grade. of the FBI. Yeah. My dad's head of the FBI. It's Actually, like, wow, in that's fifth so grade, cool. you'd probably say secret agent. Yeah, my dad's a secret agent. Even, like, saying FBI, though, it's like, ooh, that's fun and mysterious. Why are you such a failure? Like, yeah. Casual, disappointing child things. I want that. This probably would never make it into the final cut, but I want that conversation of little five-year-old childs. 
my dad's a secret agent. Well, then why do you suck at school so much? Yeah, why Just are you so lame? <laughs> like, it's so rude. Then why are you so bad at tag? I would love to establish that this character is incapable of keeping a secret, incapable of lying. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Total, like, blabbermouth. Okay, so they can't keep a secret. Yeah, but she gets older. I think she has less and less friends. Probably moving around. Mm-hmm. Which is so interesting. I wonder if they build like a complex from that. Like they can't keep a secret, which in and of itself is a thing. Mm-hmm. But like it's they know that they can't keep a secret and they know that other people know and therefore won't tell them things. Yeah. Yeah. And they because be of the nature of their parents job, an FBI agent is not allowed to say anything to their family. Yeah. Regardless of whether or not they're secret keepers or tellers, they're not allowed to say shit. No. But I love the idea of this child over-exaggerating. Like, oh, they won't tell me anything because they don't trust me. Yeah. And even taking it one step further, dad hates me because I can't Yeah. keep my mouth shut. Yep. I really do think that this kiddo, because I'm assuming we hit a little older, like I'm thinking 10, 11, 12, by the time we actually get this story, because I feel like it's a little hard for like an eight-year-old to get their hands on. A 10-year-old is going to commit bio-warfare? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Ten-year-olds could. Ten-year-olds are the worst. It's called coming to school with a cold. Yeah. Yeah. The tongue out cough. (laughs) Kids are gross. I love them. No, but like, I could see an angsty 12 year old, like, just desperate to be trusted. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, somehow they get their hands on this. I'm thinking this is supposed to be taken into evidence. Like, somehow dad fucks up, brings it home. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. And it's a... uh, It's a virus, you said? Yeah, so I'm thinking it's a strain of some kind kept in like a... I don't know, ultra-secure Petri dish. That essentially controls people. Yep, yeah. But then we have to decide... um, What I see for us now is two routes, where it's like... Little girl, I'm guessing girl now, I guess, um, ingests the virus, right? So that she's able to do this to other people. This gets very anime, though. It starts to sound be more chill. It does. It does. Which is what the squib. But the. <laughs> but it's I am. from Japan. It's a great. Rich, he understands me. <laughs> Rich understands. No, but like the other would be that the virus itself is sentient, and that would be very be more chill. Yeah, very venom. 
I kind of want a sentient voice from that, but I'm not sure I want... We have a lot of, like, older voice manipulates little girl. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure I want that for this virus. Well, it could be more the the book kind of be more chill squip where at the end of the book the squip is essentially like I didn't do any of this you did right I was just doing what I was supposed to yeah which I think that suits the virus like the virus does what it's told I'm assuming it's like I don't know a collection of nanobytes nanobytes nanobots microscopic Sorry. nanobots yeah um Why does a part of me want them to be controlled by an iPad? <laughs> iPad kid. Yeah. No, I like it. I love it. So she can communicate with the nanobots, right? I think she has orders she can give them. Because that's how it like controls human impulse. Mm -hmm. Nanobots inject themselves into another human being. Right, yeah. Classic. Love robot things. So I assume she gets the Petri dish and starts, figures out she can text the Petri dish. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And they explain very basically what they are. Oh, we're a virus. We're, a, we're nanobots that enter the human body and control their desires. Do that. I don't even think we need that. I think the nanobots are just ready to work. So it's just a... Um, what would you like us to do? Yeah. What's your command? And then I think it's... I want Dad to trust me. Or anything along those lines. I want people to mm. love me. I'm not sure I want to start with Dad. Because... I want the... I kind of want it to be a climactic moment where eventually, like, she goes through these fun, the fun and games, and she knows that it works. She knows the nanobots are successful. And then she tries to use it on her dad, and she goes, I want my dad to trust me. And nothing changes. Oh, <laughs> I love that. I really love that. Yeah, okay. So then what does she ask of the nanobots first? I'd love it if she made this discovery, like, at the lunch table at school. She's gonna look that up. Okay, okay. <laughs> She's just using her iPad. It's sitting at the end of the table all by herself. And she goes, Make the kid across from me give me his cookie. Oh, yeah! <laughs> I want that cookie. And then, sure enough, he offers it so sweet and polite. Mm hmm. I want it to be like this haunting way where it's like the nanobots are programmed to make it feel natural. Like this is what he was going to do all along. Mm -hmm. He looks at the cookie and he's like, I don't actually like these that much. Do you want it? Because mm. I think that's the freakiest part about them. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. I want these nanobots. What else? Then she's got to use it on a bully. Oh yeah, she's definitely getting bullied. She does that. Makes Sarah trip in mud. Well, yeah. Or Sarah just like, 
um, do an embarrassing rendition of the chicken dance in front of the entire class. <laughs> but again, it's done in such a way that's like, well, this is what she was going to do all along. Mm-hmm. So yeah, fun and games is definitely her testing this out. I think she gets free candy from like the, I don't know, store. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I wonder if she's with like dad and I don't know, bodyguards at that point. And like dad's a little perturbed by it. Yeah. Dad's gotta be stressed too. Yeah. Cause dad just lost really critical evidence for something. Yep. Yeah. You know, from some Russian spy that they knocked out the other day. That's true. I'm betting dad doesn't know the specifics of the nanobots either. Like this was supposed to be his job. Yeah. She got her hands on it before he could. Makes sense, makes sense. So then she uses it on her dad. Doesn't work. Because <laughs> he does trust her. He loves her. Yeah. What yeah. if that's the next one? I want dad to trust me. It doesn't work. I want dad to love me. It doesn't work. He doesn't treat her different. I bet yeah. they get into a fight, too, because she's aggravated. I yeah. see them at the dinner table doing this. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's just not working out. She runs up to her room, throws herself onto her bed like asking the nanobots why it didn't work mm-hmm. nanobots are like well we can't change something that's already there yeah uh-huh. yeah maybe it's just like status complete mm. no change was necessary oh I like that that's a great line Yeah. and at that point dad walks in and there's the sappy I'm sorry I love you and there's the really there's the two minute long speech that basically boils down to, but I love you. Yeah, and I'm trying my best, and I know I'm not always there. Mm. It's every dad speech, every single one. All of them. Constant. They're better than the dad jokes. That's true, that's true. There are two father constants, and it's the dad jokes and the dad speech. Mm-hmm. Where do we end then? Something's gotta happen to these nanobots. Does she fess up? I don't think so, but I think she does want to return them. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know how she returns them. Well, she could put the petri dish in his jacket pocket. Yeah. I don't know, maybe we end with her overhearing the phone call. Her dad's like, I don't know what happened, they were here the whole time apparently. The worst FBI agent in the world. <laughs> yeah. I found them, Mr. President. They were still in my pocket. Yeah. Can you believe it? <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely a story with like a potential to have a more dramatic ending. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if you give it more drama, then it hits be more chill. Yeah. Because I, I kind of like the message of this one. I like the idea, I don't know how to show this, but I like the idea of this is the one secret that this child will take to her grave. Yeah, the one thing that she won't tell. Oh, I love that. Because it's just growth. Mm-hmm. There are things that she can keep to herself. Yeah. That's beautiful. This one. Yeah, that's a cute ending. Yeah, to end on neutrality. Neutrality, yes. 
thanks for showing up to our very neutral average episode not mediocre we are not mediocre no we're just very neutral i hope you all feel neutral walking away from this episode yep just like base emotion and take that base emotion with you to our social medias yes comment neutral to let us know that you made it to the end of this video yes hit neutral in the poll Goodbye. Goodbye. I didn't like that shit. <laughs>